Thanks so much. What a treat to be here with you today at People's Church. And for those who are watching online, we welcome you as well. But uh, it is a great day just to come together and be a part of what God is doing. Um, you know, something that I might just really share with you here that's totally going to just bless your life is the fact that I am here with my best friend, my wife, Casey, and we are the proud parents of, check this out, five little girls. Can you believe this? Let me show you a picture. I know this is going to change your life right here, but here they are. You wanted to see them. There they are. Casey, Candace, Kelly, Grace, Bria, Allison, and Angel. But brace yourself. Are you ready for this? We just found out the other day we have baby number six on the way. Yeah. Did you notice the pause and the applause right there? People are like, help him, Lord. Lord, we just, we don't know if we're supposed to clap or pray. I'll take both, but um, we're really, really excited. Uh, love our girls. There's a lot of pink in my house. There's a lot of pink, but we have a lot of fun, and every single week we get to travel uh, to other churches and, and just, uh, you know, doing the work of the Lord, but it is extra special when we get to be at a place like this one, People's Church, where the power of God is working in such tremendous fashion. And I know that you're already aware of this, but let me just say something that's a reminder, if nothing else, and that is that you are an incredibly blessed church because you have some of the coolest, greatest, godliest, uh, just Christ-honoring leaders and pastors that you could ask for. It'd be appropriate right now. Yeah, give it up for Pastor Herbert and Tiffany Cooper. I'm telling you, friends, uh, for some of you, perhaps this is the only church that you've ever attended. So it's the only one that you would even uh, know how to have a frame of reference or what is church like or pastors like. You have some choice servants of God, uh, not only gifted as preachers or communicators, uh, certainly amazing, amazing leaders, but they love God and they love you. I mean, they talk about you and brag about you so often. And so uh, hopefully you will do your part to pray for them and encourage them. I know that they're away on a break right now. So just pray that they be refreshed and, and uh, ready to go as 2014 is uh, upon us and coming up soon and very soon. But today I have the privilege of sharing with you a message that we're calling a year of breakthrough. And subtitled, if you will, would be a breakthrough church. Because, you know, as a family, we get to travel these different churches, and we see sometimes like things are going really, really great, and then we see sometimes we're discouraged going, oh, Lord, we need to see more people saved here in this community or whatever like that. And, and so it's fun as we're taking our kids with us on so many trips to watch them growing in the Lord. How many parents in the room? Wave at me if you have some kids. Come on, just wave. This is kind of like support group right here, all right? We just encourage one another. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. That's all right. We need one another. So we have these five little girls. And um, it's really cool because there's some moments as a parent you're super proud. You know, like the Christmas play, like, that's my son. He's, he's the donkey, isn't he nailing his part? Isn't that awesome? You know, another guy's like, my, my daughter's the tree. Look at her, how still she's being. You know, we get all excited. And then there are other times they're acting certain ways. You're just like, no, I don't even know who that is. I don't know. I think my wife seems to have, I don't maybe it's her. I don't know. But anyway, there are times we're really excited. And other times we're like, help us, Jesus. Well, we have uh, the five little girls I just showed you. Angel is our fifth little girl. She loves her daddy, and I love that. We are super tight. And uh, so Casey was going to Mardell Christian Bookstore recently, and Angel was with her, and they walked in the bookstore. Angel looked up and saw on the wall a picture of Jesus. When she did, she just looked at that picture of Jesus and just had this smile, and Casey's like, 
oh, it's kind of a proud parenting moment. Like, oh, look at that. She's all caught up with Jesus. She's not looking at Bob, Larry, Veggie Tales, all the toys. No, 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 no. She's looking at Jesus. Look at that. She said, Angel, do you like that picture right there? Angel's like, mm-hmm. She said, Angel, do you know who that picture is? And she said, mm-hmm. She said, sweetheart, who is that a picture of? And Angel said, that's Psy from Duck Dynasty. Sometimes you realize you got just a little bit of work to do, right? You feel like we got, let's just go on back to the drawing board on that one. But it's just fun teaching them to love the church and serve the church and be a part of the church. And so as today we're talking about a breakthrough church. I want to start with point number one. If you're taking notes, you write this down. I hope that you are. If you're not, fake it. It makes me feel better. All right, but write down. What kind of people does God use to bring together for a breakthrough church because God has done some amazing things at people's church wouldn't you say that's right over the last few months and years we've seen so much life change happen at this church it's been incredible and yet I am convinced that the best days for people's church they are not behind us but how many of you would agree they are still ahead of us that God has great things in store and ahead for people's church come on you can clap for that that's awesome great days ahead I totally believe that God wants to take this church to new levels, to accomplish more breakthrough, raising up more dream builders, to see more lives changed. I believe that that is in the heart of God. But if God wants this church to be a breakthrough church, what is he looking for from people? What kind of people make up a breakthrough church? Point number one, writing it down. He's looking for those who will love his house. God is looking for people who will love the house of God. Now, I know that when I say the house of God, that different people have different pictures that come to mind. Some of you are newer in your faith. You're just starting this journey with Jesus. Others of you, perhaps you're just here because a friend invited you or a family member came or your wife kept nagging you, so you finally came and you're here. But when I talk about the house of God, you're like, Man, I, I don't even know. You may picture like stained glass and you thought that there were going to be like this, this high church, this formal feel today. And you're already just freaking out going, man, this is all right. This is different than I thought. Then there are others of you, you have a different picture of what the church is. You see it as a place of a bunch of rules and you just kind of do your time. You know, like you have to show up and punch the clock so that your wife will quit nagging, you know, or something like that. You go in, but there are others of you in here today that when you think of the house of God, you remember a Sunday experience when you came into this place and God totally like changed your life. You remember a time when as you think of the house of God or going to the place where you worship the Lord, you remember how your life was, was just changed from the inside out. Wave at me if you've had your life changed by what God's doing at this place. Come on, just wave right here. You know when you think of the house of God, you're thinking, man, I love the house of God. But it's all about perspective. It's all about how you view. What do you think of? Now, when it comes to perspective, as a dad of five girls, I got a little bit of perspective on some things. One is that there's a lot of pink in my house. Something else I've learned about these five girls, they love playing pretend and make believe. And they love it when I play with them. They love it when I get involved in the games with them. So one time, we were at my parents' house. We had taken the girls to go see their grandparents. And while we were there, the girls were outside playing. And one of the girls came in. I was working on my laptop. And she came in and she said, Dad. We're outside playing like we're in this boarding school, and we need somebody who's going to be a really mean, harsh taskmaster. And we thought that you could play that role. That hurt a little bit, you know, that she thought of me. 
But I was like, you know what? I'll play in a little bit. I'll be out there, but I'm working on my, some stuff right now. So go on and play. I'll be out there in a bit. So they went back to playing. A few minutes passed. She came back in. Dad, come on. You got to come play with us. We just want you to come outside and scream at us and holler at us and, and be really harsh and mean. I said, hey, I'm about to do the real thing if you interrupt me one more time because I'm trying to do my work. So don't interrupt me again. I'll be out there when I finish. She's like, all right, Dad. So she goes back out, and they go back to playing. I go back to working, and I totally forgot. Lost track of time. I know what you're thinking. You're like, you're such a loser, Dad. Don't judge. So anyway, I was working on that. I was like, oh, man, I forgot. I thought, I bet they finished playing. I bet they're not even playing anymore. They probably moved on. I went, and I peeked through the window, and I looked out there, and they were still playing the game. I thought, you know what? I'm going to make up for it. I'm going to go over the top. I'm going to give them a performance they will never forget for the rest of their lives. So I went and I kicked open the front door. Hey! They stopped and they turned around and said, get in line. And they're like, oh, yeah. Daddy's here. Here it goes now. So they all get lined up near the little stair step. And there they are. I was like, don't look at me in the eye. Stare down at the ground. They're looking down at the ground. They're kind of snickering because they're just going, he's so awesome. You know, and they're just playing the game. And I'm just walking back and forth. I'm almost sick and tired of you kids making messes everywhere you go, tearing stuff up everywhere you go. As a matter of fact, I probably won't even feed you for a week. Do you hear me? Yes, sir. Don't you talk back to me. You just sit there and stare at the ground. Yes, sir. Have you ever done something before and, like, you couldn't, like, see it, but you could feel somebody looking at you? Have you ever had that happen before? I'm going off on them. You bunch, I'm not going to feed you if I do this rocks, this dirt. You bunch of pathetic kids. And I turned around, the neighbor had stopped weed eating. I was just going. I was like, oh, man, I was so embarrassed. I didn't even know what to do. Like, I just, I looked at the neighbor, and I looked at the kids who were just thinking I'm the coolest ever, you know, and I'm looking at him, and I'm looking at them. So I just waved at him and walked back in the house. <laughs> now, how many of you guys understand, same little game going on, but two totally different perspectives. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? My kids were going, nailed it. Dad is amazing beautiful performance and this neighbor's going 911 yeah I got to report a pastor gone wild next door send somebody fast same deal it's all a matter of perspective some of you husbands and wives in here you know you can have one thing that you're both talking about it somebody sees it like this and somebody sees it like that and all the married people said uh-huh because you know what I'm talking about you know what, when it comes to the church, there are some in our culture today who would say the church has had its day. There are some who would say to you that, you know what, the church is no longer relevant. And so they'd want to marginalize the church. They'd want to mock the church. They'd want to say that the church no longer has a voice. It may have used to be like the backbone of society or something, but it doesn't have a voice today. But I'm here to tell you there's another way to look at the church because Jesus is the one who said in his word, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus is the one who, when he looked at it, he said, this thing's going to win. This deal's going to work. So for us, those of us who want to be a part of a breakthrough church, it begins with us recognizing how cool this place is because this is the house of God. You're like, the house of God? He, like, lives here? Like, he hangs out here? 
Yeah, I thought I just, somebody said the other day that that guy was like with me at work. Did he leave the church? God is everywhere all the time. Fancy word for it. It's called omnipresent, meaning he is everywhere all the time. Wherever you go, you can say hello to God because he's there. But what he teaches us in this word is that when you come together to God's house, there's something special about just the reality of God's presence in that, in that place. He set it up to be when people's church comes together. And we get together on a Sunday experience that when you walk through the doors that God is here in a special way. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, but you can come to church. You can get here on a Sunday having gone through who knows what throughout the week. And even Sunday morning, how many of you guys have ever noticed how much of a battle it is to get to church on a Sunday? Some of you guys are like, yeah, I started off this morning trying to get to the 830 service and you barely made it to this one. And you know what I'm talking about. Because it seems like, 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 like couples like have more fights on Sunday mornings. And the kids are like spilling everything on Sunday mornings. There's so much just like stress and tension in the home. And, and so you're like trying to work through it. Clothes aren't fitting. Something crazy going on with your hair. And you're like, I can't go to church looking like this. And you're just thinking, I got, have you ever noticed how the devil does not want you to go to church? Now, why don't we connect the dots on that and go, if he doesn't want me to go, it must be because there's something there that God wants me to get. And so the devil's going to try and do everything that he can to keep me there. But greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I know God's going to help me. So i got to get to church. Why? Because I love the house of God. Why? Because when I get here, no matter what your week was, what your morning was, what happens and when you walk through those doors, you know that God is here in a very, very real way. Some of you experience, even today, like even just watching in, during worship. Some of you came in and the first song, you're just like standing there. Second song, you didn't mean to. You didn't tell it to, but you looked down and noticed your toe was tapping. You don't know how it happened, but by song number two, you were just kind of like, all right. Every third word, you jump in and sing. Jesus. God. Love. I mean, you weren't even like really into it, but something was happening. And by the time you got to the third song and then the fourth song, some of y'all were like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, oh. I mean, y'all were ready. You're like, what's going on with that? Well, that's just the power of music. No, 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 no. That's the power of the presence of God. And so there's something in you that just goes, man, when I come in here, something happens to my life. And so here it is on this Sunday in December when the world says it's too cold to get out. You said, I can't help it. I got to go to the house of God. You remind me of what the psalmist says in, in uh, Psalm chapter 26. If you are taking notes, you can write that down as a reference. It'll be up on the screen. But Psalm 26 verse 8, listen to what he says. He says, Lord, I love the house where you live. The place where your glory dwells. Do you get that, what he's saying? I love it. Why? Because when I go there, I know God's there in a special way. I can't wait to go and be a part of what God's wanting to do in my life. This is not you just you show up for an experience and you leave. There's some eternal work. Like your marriage can be and would be different because you come into the presence of God. The way you would parent your children, the way you would approach your work, the whole destiny of your eternity can be changed in a one-hour segment just together at an experience. How many guys know that's what you call supernatural? So there's a love for the house of God. 
And if God's going to raise us up to be a breakthrough church, there has to be a love for his house that says it's going to be a passion of mine and priority of mine. Question for you. If I were to ask your kids or someone close to you and say, hey, so tell me about this person. What are they passionate about? What would they say about you? Dad, if I asked your kids, I said, hey, what's your dad passionate about? Sports, basketball, thunder, as in Oklahoma City thunder, as in I'm going tonight. What's up? Can't wait. But anyway. They're like, what are you passionate about? What if I asked your kids, they say, oh, the house of God. My dad loves the house of God. My dad loves going to church. Some of you guys are like, Scott, are you for real? You're crazy. No, I'm totally serious. I love the house of God. The psalmist David is saying, I love to go to the house of God. Why? Because we understand what happens at God's house. And how cool would it be if as a family you started anticipating and counting down? You know, you look forward to your vacation. Two more weeks, going to Florida. Hey, next weekend, remember, we're going to take that weekend family trip and get away. Maybe as a, as a couple, you got date night coming. Hey, three more days till Friday night or whatever. It's like this countdown. Have you ever noticed on your website for People's Church, there's a countdown to the next experience? You know why that is? It's because there is anticipation for what's going to happen here at these experiences. It's faith and an enthusiasm about I can't wait to see what God does in five, four, three, two, one. Bam! And it's time to go. What if you had that kind of anticipation to where you're just walking through the house? Tell me if you think this would be a breakthrough in your home. You're just walking through the house. You're like, hey, sweetheart. Hey, babe. Hey. She looks up. Yeah, what is it? Two more days. You know what's up. And your kid's like, what are they talking? Mom, Dad, don't be weird. What are, you, what, what are y'all talking about? She's like, that's right, honey. We're going to the house of God. Oh, what would happen if you're walking down the hall and the fellas, you like fist bump with your son. Hey, Junior, what's up? Tomorrow morning, game day. Going to the house of God. Some of you guys are like, Scotty, you're out of control. I am, but you ought to join me. It's a lot of fun. Because what I'm saying is, would there be a breakthrough in your home if when people looked at your life, when your kids looked at your life, when your wife looked at your life, they said, you know what? The one thing I do know is he is passionate about the house of God. What are you passionate about? Man, when you start having a love for the house of God like that, it starts affecting your whole life, and it affects the way you process things. No wonder David said in Psalm 122, verse 1, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Well, there's a second thing. You can write this down. Number two, God is looking for people who will serve his house. Like what kind of church is a breakthrough church? It's one where the people come together and they realize, check this out, that God has equipped you. He's wired you. He's made you to have a purpose in his plan. In other words, no one is here by accident. This is not the Herbert Cooper show. This is not just the worship team up here doing ministry, and then we just come and clap, and we just throw on the receiving end. But God has called every single one of us to love this church, to serve this church, and you will find and discover that you are most satisfied when God is most glorified as you serve him with your life. And did you know... That there is coming a day when life on this earth is coming to an end. Maybe another week. For some in the room, it may be a month, it may be a year, it may be 10 years. But at some point, life on this earth is over. And did you know that there's a place called heaven that is amazing? It's impossible to even describe it. How many of you cannot wait 
to spend eternity in heaven. Come on, you know, no more sickness, no more pain, no more heartache, no more disease. I can't wait to be in heaven. But between now and the time that I get there, I realize there's a job to be done. Not just for those who are going to travel and preach, but but for the body of Christ, the family of God, the people of God. There's a work to be fun, to be done. Now, you got to understand when it comes to salvation, none of us can earn that, right? Remember Pastor Herbert preaching about grace being unmerited favor? We don't deserve it, but God forgives us when we come and say, God, I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me. I want to surrender my life to you. Grace is given to us. Salvation cannot be earned. But you know that you are saved and now we serve Because when you come to Christ, you realize life is not all about me. I'm not the God of this world. It's about you, so I surrender my life to you. That's why you start using your voice, your time, your talent, your treasure for God's work. Check this out. Heaven is going to be great for everybody. But heaven is not going to be the same for everybody. You say, well, what are you talking about? Well, because there are two judgments. One is a judgment for salvation. The other one is a judgment of service that you study and you read about in the Word of God. One is people who while on earth said, no thanks God, I want to be in control, I want to call my own shots, or I may give you a nod, and I may say, I believe that you exist, but I'm not going to surrender my life to you, I'm not going to make you king of my heart. And so in other words, they reject his plan for relationship while on earth, and so when they stand before him, he says, you rejected relationship while on earth, you won't enjoy relationship for eternity. That's what makes hell, hell is that it's the absence of anything good and anything associated with God because it's eternal separation from God. It's unthinkable. But not even talking about just the salvation judgment, which is called the great white throne judgment, because there are some in the room who be like, Scotty, I got that. It's all good. I'm ready to stand before the Lord because I know that I'm saved. I prayed. I believe in God. That's cool. But did you know that you're saved to serve? And 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 15 teaches us this. That there's coming a day when we'll stand before the Lord and all of our actions, our lifestyle while here on earth will go through the fire. And it says that the fire will test the quality of each man's work. What it's teaching us is is that there will be what's called the judgment seat of Christ. Where Christians, Christ followers, those who have surrendered to Jesus will stand before him and our lives will be judged for how we spend our lives in service to God. Which means heaven is going to be great for everybody, but it's not going to be the same. There are going to be some who are blessed or rewarded more so than others based off of their service. And I'm just saying, don't get caught up in the trap of this world to where we're serving ourselves or we're serving some earthly pleasure or like uh, selfish ambition. But recognize that the most fulfilling ultimate life is one that recognizes life on this earth is short. I'm going to make it count. And so when I come and I start serving the house of God, this becomes a breakthrough church. I experience breakthroughs in my life because we're doing what the Lord has called us to do. I had what they called a minor stroke or a TIA stroke about a year ago. And when they took me to the hospital, crazy stuff was going on. They came and they put me in a wheelchair. They whisked me down the hallway like it's the Indy 500. And I'm going and I get in there and they have one lady putting on the blood pressure deal, checking it. Another person's coming and putting all these electro pads on me. And another person's asking me these questions. It's like all these people had a function and a role in something they were carried out. I'm like, man, these people, like, I'm, I'm a big deal right now. I mean, these people are like... I'm somebody. This is all right. No, because I saw all of this action and activity going on, and a few days later, everything worked out fine. They gave me the care for my physical needs that I had going on, and I was able to walk out fine. How crazy would it have been if I'd have walked through the doors and they just said, come on in? 
just stand there for about an hour. You're free to go. Come back next week. Let's do this all over again. Hope you enjoyed that. We'd be like, that's weird. Then why as a church do we expect just people come right on in, hang out for about an hour. Hey. Hope that helped you come back next week. What if we realize that there are some people with hearts that are so broken, no surgeon can put them back together. There are some people with needs so deep that medication will never touch it. But if they walk through the doors of this church and they come on a Sunday experience, they're going to find out that this is the house of God. They're going to find out that God is the healer and the healer is in the house and that God is able to minister to needs that no one could ever cure. But God is able. Come on, how many guys know that's the plan of God? But check this out. How does God want to bring healing to people? Through you and me. God wants us to be his healing agents, meaning when people are pulling up in the parking lot, it's not just somebody going, I don't know what I'm doing. They just told me to wave. No, you're being used to the Lord to help somebody feel welcome, to feel informed, to find a spot. When you come through the doors and you're the one saying, hey, welcome to People's Church. I'm so glad that you're here. You don't even know what that's doing to somebody. Like a minute ago, I walked down the hallway, I had like five people shake my hands within like five steps. You know what I was, I turned to my friends like, this is incredible. These people act like they like this place. These people act like they're glad that I'm here. And I'm in a church every single week. What does it do to a single mom who walks in and somebody gives a smile? Someone extends a hand. Someone says, hey, can I help you find a seat? Or someone introduces themselves. What does it feel like to someone who's been abused, neglected, who's been mistreated, but when they walk through, you say, I'm so glad that you're here. This is where you check in your son or your daughter so that we'll take good care of them while you go to the service. They may not even had a break from that child for days, for weeks, and they're at their wits end, and they find out there's a safe place, someone who'll love them and care for them while they have an hour just to come in and just think about what's going on. And then God does something in their lives. So you're working the nursery. It's more than changing diapers. Are you kidding me? You're doing in kingdom work. It's more than just working like in the kids' area. Do you realize that you may be the only one who gets down at eye level and looks in the eyes of some young boy and says, Hey, champ, I want you to know something. You're special and God has a plan for your life. I want you to know that God is crazy about you. I want you to know that God loves you so much, he worked it out for you to come today just because he wanted me to tell you that he hasn't forgotten about you, that he's with you. And life might be hard at home right now, but that God is with you. All right, buddy? You don't know that might be the only time anybody's ever looked at them eyes and said something like that. Now, some of you are like, Scotty, do you realize if you work the nursery, you got to get to church 30 minutes early? Some of you are like, Scotty, if you work in the kids' area, do you realize sometimes it takes like 20 minutes for all the parents to come and pick up the kids afterwards, and I need to get like to lunch, because when I get hungry, I get like not like Jesus, and that's not good, and so I just need to, I realize that it may take sacrifice. But what I'm telling you is this, if this thing is worth playing, it's worth winning, and God has a mission for us all to be on. I used to play football, and my mom, you could always hear my mom in the stands. There'd be hundreds of people, the band playing, but you could always hear my mom, because she was the one, when I was running the football, she was the one hollering, sit down, just run out of bounds, don't let them hit you. That was my mom. After the game, I'd come home, she'd be like, let me see that elbow, blood on the elbow, look at it. Is that that one play and that boy hit you? Yes, ma'am, that's what happened. I was running. She goes, why didn't you run out of bounds? I said, well, Mom, that's not how you play the game. 
See, the goal is to score a touchdown. And if you score a lot of them, you win. So I wanted to score a touchdown. Yeah, but they were, I know, but that's a part. I expect some opposition, but my desire to win is greater than whatever opposition I may have to endure because I want to win. I'm willing to fight and keep on fighting so I can get the prize that I'm after. How many guys know we're fighting for something that's very, very important that we need to be striving for? God has a place for you to serve. It doesn't matter what you would think or how you'd view your time, talent, and treasure. God has given it to you because he wants to use you. In Psalm 84, verse 10, it says this. One day spent in your house, this beautiful place of worship, beats thousands spent on Greek island beaches. I'd rather scrub floors in the house of my God than be honored as a guest in the palace of sin. You know what it takes to be a breakthrough church? Just people who say, I have a heart to serve the house. Let me give the final thing, and I'm going to close. It's number three. He wants us to bring others to his house. He wants us to love his house, to serve his house, and to bring others to his house. And did you know that that's the only reason your heart is still beating as a Christ follower right now is that there's work to be done. There are people to be reached. Did you know that, I mean, how many guys think it would be really cool? Let's just be honest. If right when you gave your life to Jesus, you just went straight to heaven. Come on, be honest. You think that would be awesome. As soon as you prayed, you're just like, in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> I mean, that would be cool. But he doesn't do that. You know why? It's because there's somebody at your job. There's somebody in your neighborhood. There's someone in your family who needs to find the hope that you have found. And found people will go and find people and introduce them to Jesus. Who's going to experience breakthrough in their lives in 2014 should Jesus not return before? Who's going to experience breakthrough because God's working through you? A lot of times we have the message, we know the facts, but we fumble the presentation. It's like the little girl who was at Sunday school and they taught, they taught her the story of Jonah and the fish that swallowed Jonah. She went to school the next day and the teacher was talking about mammals and said like one type of mammal would be a whale. And the girl, oh! I know about whales, learned about it at Sunday school. Jonah was swallowed by a whale. The teacher's like, hey, don't bring your Sunday school church stuff into the schoolhouse. That's a made-up story. Little girl's like, no, 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 no. Sunday school teacher said that Jonah was swallowed by a whale. That's a true story. And teacher said, that is not even possible for that to happen. Little girl said, well, I don't know how it happened, but when I get to heaven, I'll ask Jonah. And the teacher said, well, what if when you get to heaven, Jonah's not in heaven? Little girl said, well, then you could ask him. How many guys know she was not winning friends and influencing people there in that moment? She may have had the facts straight with her story, but you know what God has called us to do? You can't fight people and reach people at the same time. How many of you guys agree that it's far too long? The day should be over when the church was only known for what we're against. We're supposed to be dream builders for the people around us, bridge builders. Come on, loving people, ministering to people, reaching out to people. There could be names right now that are coming to your mind of who God wants to bring into his house that he's going to use you to bring. You bring them through prayer. You bring them through living a life to where when they watch you go through what you're going through right now, some of you had crazy stuff happening over Christmas. You had that crazy uncle, that weird aunt, and they were there, and they were getting on your nerves. You know what? You had a perfect opportunity to represent Jesus to them, but you were so mad and you were so frustrated, it turned into all these fights. Check this out. People who are not living for Jesus will act an awful lot like people who are not walking with Jesus. So don't act shocked when people who are away from Christ act like they're away from Christ. 
What we need to be is saying, you know what? I'm not going to act like I'm away from Jesus. I'm going to live my life in a way that brings people to say, there's something different about you. You're loving, you're kind, you're caring. You're going through difficulty. I know about the storm, and yet you still have peace in the midst of your storm. Close with these questions. What would happen at People's Church in 2014? We're about to fast and pray over the next few days and weeks, and I hope that you'll jump in and get involved in that. What would happen if everybody in this church was as passionate about this place as you are. What would people's church look like? Would it be a breakthrough church like never before? If everybody in this place was as generous as you are, what would this place look like? What would people's church be like if everyone in this church served like you serve, prayed for their pastors like you prayed? God, help us to understand that the church is not a place, that the church is us, and it's not them. It's me. And God, help us to experience breakthrough in our lives, in this ministry, and in our community as God works in and through you in 2014.